yeah, I wanted to book you on this uh, show that I do. It's that basement show. There's no mic, no chairs, and unfortunately, this time around, I can't pay you, but there is a buffet. Cops retirement party. I got no room for you to stay in, but there's free drinks. You wouldn't mind uh, hiding out for about a half hour, 45 minutes until the uh, birthday girl gets there, would ya? Wondering if you'd like to do comedy uh, on a boat. Not a very big boat, kind of just like a real boat. Really, it's just a canoe. Let me know if you want to do the gig. Yay. All right. Hi. Thanks, Thanks so for joining for us. Me. I'm very glad to be here. You look great. Thanks. Yeah, very, very happy to have you. You're one of those people in the pandemic that I have turned to from your many shows for uh, uh, artistic relief and almost group therapy at times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the pandemic uh, online shows have been close to group therapy it's just a lot of people talking about their day sometimes <laughs> but that's nice that's nice it, it feels nice. like a hang you know it's good just yeah. to see people i yeah, feel like we always want nice. more we always want to be like oh let, i wish we could hug or we could be together and having a drink but it's good enough just to see people's faces yeah yeah when you see somebody's face that you haven't seen for months even though your memories of them are terrible it's really <laughs> nice you're doing shows for your worst enemies is that what you're telling me sometimes yeah sometimes oh, good um so i have to ask i guess i'm wondering about some of these shows because we i think we had one other guest who had like a like a bomber what do you call it when someone just sort of jumps into the zoom is there a term zoom for that bomber, yeah. oh a zoom, zoom bomb. bomb have you had any I haven't of those had that. i haven't had that very much i've been on one other one or one or two other ones where it's happened mm -hmm. but i think uh, my open mic happens on late at night on a Sunday mm -hmm. and it's, I just have been lucky, I guess I haven't had that happen. Oh, that's uh, cool. Honestly, the people who come to open mics, as you guys know, mm -hmm. uh, there's nothing that a zoom bomber could do that would be worse than what's already happening. <laughs> oh, wow. That's yeah. <laughs> sure. The things we're <laughs> saying about ourselves is already so good. Oh, my fucking We've all been sucks. there, right gang? <laughs> Angela had, uh, our, our, uh, relationship really kind of grew. I forget the exact year that we met each other, but I was working in Central Square, I think, mm -hmm. and you had your shop. You you were a uh, record store owner. That's true. I worked in record stores around Boston for about 25 years, and I owned my own store for about 10. It started off in my house, and then, uh, as you can see, I'm uh, over decorator. Yeah, very uh, cool. And then I I eventually grew it in my house. And then moved it into a little storefront. And then I moved into the storefront. And then uh, it all, I shut it all down. Uh, but it was good while I was there. What happened to make you want to shut it all down? Sorry, Gary. Honestly, it, a lot of it was that uh, I wanted to like sit on a couch and sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> it was a small store. And I, I remember you were oftentimes, if I would come in, you'd be held hostage by customers who were like, very frequently. Beef Hearts, like, uh, London LP isn't here, and you call yourself a record store. Like, you were just like nodding. Yeah. Yep. And it's a tiny store. I was you well can't trained run. to run an open mic later. <laughs> <laughs> just weirdos. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but it was good. I really liked having that store. I often think, 
Uh, opening it was one of the best things I've ever done and closing it was like the second best thing. <laughs> and uh, So it, it was good then and it's been nice afterwards to like get to do stuff and be a human. That's been cool. Yeah, and to get out and do comedy. I mean, pre, pre-COVID, I imagine. Even now, it seems like you're very busy doing a lot of that stuff. Some of um, us have coping mechanisms and <laughs> is Google. So that I get it done. Mine is a Google calendar, certainly. So did you, uh, to, to just follow up with the record store stuff, did, is, I mean, is that just a straight joke or did you find that it really helped you with shows to be dealing with sort of degenerate oh, customers? Well, for a long time, I, before I did comedy for much longer, I didn't start doing comedy until I was in my early forties, okay, cool. 42. Uh, for much longer than that, I played music and I play experimental jazz, which oh, is awesome there's no more unlikable music that. <laughs> that's great so uh it definitely helped me figure out how to not freak out when people don't like what you're doing mm-hmm. and also playing shows in front of just a few people felt really normal mm-hmm. so a lot like... of things that would happen early on just didn't bother me that much yeah can you give us a few examples of like i, I guess something that translated from the small jazz crowd directly to like did you have really bad instances when you were playing in a, in a jazz was it like a trio or how big were the bands that you were in uh it was all over the place sometimes i played by myself i was in one band uh that had 25 people in it wow uh it was all over the place and what instrument do you play it's electronics and then i make horrible voice noises it's just like going <gasps> and stuff it's it's not cool or fun <laughs> and when you're with 25 people and it's not going well <laughs> what what is that like it's loud <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing so yeah uh so a lot of the things that bother comics like when there's you know if people are not paying attention or if people are hostile or there's no one there. <laughs> I was just like, that seems normal, you know. One of the earliest shows that I did actually, I was at this little uh, bar that was trying to be a dance club, which mm-hmm. it was trying to be like a hip club, and it wasn't working very well. And they, it was called the Enormous Room. Perfectly nice place. Uh, <laughs> and it's a they, great name for a small club. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, their big thing that they brought to the table was that they had benches that moved. <laughs> that was their huge thing. And uh, they occasionally would have comedy shows. And yeah. I did one there. And in the middle of the show, like a third of the way through the show, uh, uh, some alarm somewhere broke and just started beeping very, very loudly. And everyone kind of looked to the staff and the staff was like, guess that's happening yeah <laughs> so yeah. we just kept going and uh i i was like this feels really normal actually this feels like exactly what i might do to you on purpose <laughs> and, that's my so horn it was, player it's really nice <laughs> that sounds uh i mean it sounds fantastic i mean that's like that was always i used to get into fights i i used to perform with my brother and he would like find any reason to not perform and I'd be like, no, no, let's go out there. He'd be like, there's no one out there. I'm like, come on, let's go. Let's go, go perform to nobody. Sure. Uh, there's a fire alarm. No, no, we're good. We can use it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you've ever been 
Uh, like one of the nice things about starting doing comedy when I was older is that I, I remember very vividly, I was an adult and not a teenager when I was just someone who would occasionally go to a little show that not very many people came to. Mm-hmm. And I remember what it felt like to, like you don't care when you're in the audience if there's not a ton of people there, or even mm-hmm. if you're the only one, you're just like, great, it's just for me. <laughs> and you want, you know, when someone tailors their show directly to you personally, it just feels great. You're excited about it. And it's a show you don't forget. So it's a, I think that that's a fine thing. And it's not for every comedian, <laughs> uh, <laughs> certainly. <laughs> but right. it, work, it works okay for me. It suits me all right. Do you, we, we sort of combined our worlds because uh, you were starting, I think, around this time, and you were you you we were doing a uh, show at O'Brien's, and you were like, "Would you would you mind hosting?" Oh yes, Gary was one of the first people I ever asked to do to like participate in a in like a straight music show, and the audience hated him, and he hated them right back, as far as I could tell. <laughs> And uh, it did not go particularly well. (laughs) It was fine. (laughs) I still had a fun, fun time. Yeah, yeah. It was fun and fine. But I remember you mentioned some album and some girl was like, you don't know that that's their third album or some, you know, it was very, very hilarious. So when you say straight music, you guys were just playing music? (laughs) Or were you just talking about it was a it was a regular music show with bands and you know like I'd put on a bunch of music just like little punk rock shows or little experimental mm-hmm. music shows and so it was one of those except that I brought one of my new comedy friends oh, to great. MC between it and no one knew what to do yeah that so is I- so <laughs> rough I've done those shows I always find it tough because people go to music shows and they you know they're looking at their phone while the band is playing which I guess is fine you can still but like there's a din at music shows, unless it's someone they really, really want to see. Mm-hmm. But in Boston, like we would get asked to host all these kinds of things. And, you know, you're going and you're showing up to these things. And it's like, they don't want to see you. you there's a guy breaking down a drum kit, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. And, and you're like asked to do. And we used to do sketch. So it was even harder sometimes because you wouldn't have a mic. And, and it, to, to be clear, nobody wanted to see these bands either. That was <laughs> even themselves. Very they, fair. There were there was a lot of misery in that room all at yeah. once, and I think <laughs> yeah. the joy was for me and Angela, at least for me. I, I can't speak for you. I, I wanted to ask you this. I was like, I would find you in the crowd, and I'd like, I just kind of like stare at you, and then because I could see everybody else's faces, like, what the fuck is he doing? He's <laughs> jokes in between us. I'm like, my job is to distract you. Well, a whole thing falls apart behind me. And I'm trying to like engage really? people. I, I interviewed the band Gorilla Toss. I think that was the the climax. Oh yeah. They were the band that was were they the headliner or they were probably like the, they were the bigger name band and mm-hmm. how would you describe Gorilla Toss, uh, Angela? Uh, I describe them as total Boston college students trying to do hip stuff and mathy stuff and noisy stuff at the same time none of it really working together thank you right so they no sold, cohesion i respected that they sold cassette tapes mm. yep. the, the name was cool and uh they they were just being uh like you said they were students so they were doing an impression of 
musicians in a way, what they thought a, a front man or a, a lead singer or, or mm -hmm. you know, the guitar should act like. And I was just like, where do you get your guys' ideas for songs? Like every, <laughs> everybody in the audience was like staring at me. <laughs> yeah. And the kids just like, it's, like, it's a fucking, it's, I can't, I don't know what the. Like, I'm like, did you, did you, did you think monkey throw was a first name or did you guys just come right up with gorilla top and i just tripled down on it to get more hate yeah music people especially really overly pretentious hip music people which i am certainly one of hmm. uh it's all about like the ra the deeper the rabbit hole you're into the cooler you are you know like the more <laughs> you can like name drop and have no one know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's, it's very much a, like I'm, I like music and I, I think that I like it for its own sake, but that world is very much a social world where it's about like making up for the wounds that you received in junior high school <laughs> by just foisting them on other people, you know, <laughs> by just straight reversing the thing and doing it to somebody else. So uh so yeah so having somebody come along and be real happy to be there and then be like what's your name about was really, <laughs> like everybody was just like Ugh. yeah don't don't provoke the posers gary mm -hmm. <laughs> it sounds fun though i mean boston had I, there's so much of that and i feel like comedy has always kind of overlapped with that you know for a long time like we true. ended up we when we were back in boston we ended up there, there were just bands like you would co-mingle. It would be like they would be at comedy shows. You would end up at music shows or someone would have you to the wherever the, you know, the Middle East or, you know, any of those places where bands were. It seemed like there was also comedy living there. And then even with like Robbie Road Steamer, there was a lot of like battle the band stuff where like comedians were playing in those things. Um, I, guess, I guess my question for you is, so was it, so do you continue or pre pre um pa pandemic were you continuing to do a lot of musical stuff or were you Yeah, I still in... play music. And okay. uh yeah, I played a music show this past weekend. So cool. uh I still do that and like it and uh still no one else likes it. It's the, it's exactly <laughs> the same. It hasn't changed. Uh but it's I I like playing music a lot and I mean the sounds that I make it mostly sounds like like if you took a motorcycle apart and all the parts were still making noises it's, it's kind of <laughs> very unfun for most so your people. instrument is yourself yeah i make vocal stuff i also play electronics um yeah. and as i've gotten older i'm uh 50 now so as i've gotten older and your voice changes as you uh -huh. get older so it's probably more electronics now and sometimes okay. I'll do a set where I'll do bits or I'll tell a story while I'm playing music. Okay. And that is uh, universally something people hate. Like that just gets <laughs> everybody on the same team. <laughs> it seems to me at this point, you would be like unflappable on stage then. Are yeah, you Teflon? Yes. <laughs> I, I can Pretty attest. Comfortable. Yes, I, I've seen. Oh, this is one of the biggest things I admire about you as a. Oh, thanks. Don't interrupt. Is uh, <laughs> it does that to me all the time, Angela? It, it's uh, you from the beginning when your your material was like starting to take shape, and you started to like kind of explore comedy, 
And then like from the pandemic, from being on Zoom mics and shows, you were always unflappable. You were always just, you know how to go, 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 go. And I think like maybe the music definitely shaped you that, but maybe it's just from you. Cause I know you're, you're not a New England sort. You're not from this salt like Christopher and I. You're from a very uh, bizarre place. Uh, I'm originally like to... from, yeah, I'm originally from Denver, which is oh cool. I mean, it's super bizarre as long as you think white people are bizarre. I, I do. <laughs> yeah, 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 they are. I do. I think uh, they might be the bland. most bizarre. <laughs> yeah, they are weird. Um, yeah, I'm originally from Denver, and uh, but I've lived in Boston a really, really long time. I moved mm -hmm. here in 1990, uh, and I cool. but I grew up there, and I have actually never been back. Oh, gee, <laughs> was that good? <laughs> was that good? <laughs> That's incredible. You, I mean, there there is a, I mean, you know, just a si quick sidebar. There is a burgeoning. I guess it's not burgeoning for a few years. It's like a really solid Denver comedy scene. When this is all over, you should make a point to get out there. I know that's one of the first places I'm going to visit when I can travel again. It's amazing. I think that's fair. I think uh, as an adult, I could figure out how to live in Denver, and it's pro it would probably be cool to go there. Uh, I mean, to me. Uh, Boston is still a place where I really like how angry everybody is, but there's way too many trees, and it would just be nice to like give up the trees for 20 minutes. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, we miss the trees. We miss the rain. We miss the anger. It's oh, funny because I'm, I grew up a Boston angry Boston kid, uh, through no choice of my own. It was mainly because I was picked on every day of my life, but I had that chip on my shoulder, and I can't handle any kind of uncomfortability on stage. I mean, I, I, I should say I used to not be able to handle it. Now I'm pretty good at it. But there was a whole period where I was just ready to fight the first old lady who like, you know, popped a Werther's caramel out of her purse, you know, <laughs> ready to go into the crowd swinging. What are you doing? You um, stupid bitch. <laughs> I'm trying to share this terrible thought I had. The <laughs> come here i'll fix it choke her out Andrew, um because well, sorry okay. no no go ahead go ahead because you're so unflappable has ha, what what does shake you honestly maybe when i think about the shows where i was just like why am i here why am i in this building and how do i leave <laughs> uh <laughs> There, there's only a couple that come to mind. I'm, per, I'm still somebody who will show up to a terrible idea and be very happy to be there. Mm -hmm. And I'm not freaked out if only a couple people show up. And, you know, there's mm -hmm. been plenty of shows that I liked where a bunch of people left. <laughs> right. But uh, a couple times there was like, I did it to Gary when I was new. When you're new and you're super enthusiastic, sometimes you will book you, you, know, you want to learn how to book a show. You want to learn how to produce something mm -hmm. and you will do it in a place where it clearly shouldn't happen. You don't know when to <laughs> give up. And so I've, I've had a couple of those where the person who booked it was very nice and she didn't realize that he was walking and leading other people into a very hostile environment that didn't oh. need to happen. <laughs> uh, but maybe the worst show I've ever been on is one where the problem was the other performers. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's a big, I, yeah. 
we talk about hellish gigs on the show and nightmares, but when the other people on the show ruin it and then you have to follow them, it's like you're you're automatically associated with them because you're on that side. Sure. It's such such an annoying thing. What happened? Yeah. Well, I did a <laughs> I got invited to go to a place about an hour away on the very uh, eastern edge of Massachusetts, not quite mm-hmm. the South Shore, not quite the North Shore, mostly in the middle. Uh, and it combined not, wait, the worst... way to be vague. <laughs> <laughs> it combined the worst of both worlds. It was like all of the uh, opioid epidemic and all uh-huh. of the racism and none of the like cool little shops. Uh huh. So <laughs> Belmont, Massachusetts. <laughs> it could be any number of places. So I drove vague. out there, and uh, it was the directions just led you to the middle of a highway. And I went there and passed like a big mall. There was, that was all that was there. It was just like nothing and the big mall and then nothing and the big mall. Mm-hmm. And then I went past it two or three times and the GPS kept telling me to turn around. And finally I noticed like a dead one-time strip mall with no open businesses. <gasps> <laughs> and I, I was like, oh, I guess I can pull off the highway here. There is pavement here. I pull off. There's one other car in the area that should have been a parking lot and i see people get out of a car and just like walk into an unmarked door and i was like okay i'm gonna follow those people and see what happens (laughs) this this is unbelievable you are how old when you said that to yourself yeah oh i was like 45 (laughs) (laughs) angela is a tough yeah you you got booked by john doe from seven So I walk in and it turns out that inside there is like a theater theater with like a, you know, like a red velvet carpet and Mm -hmm. a little glass case that serves drinks and popcorn. And there's a little inside, there's a little place with tables and then like an eight foot high stage with a red velvet curtain. Totally a cool hidden place. How surprising. Like you'd see a play or like they'd show an old movie or something Mm -hmm. like that except that inside that place there were people and they were mostly cops Oh! (laughs) and i was like okay whatever some of them were in uniform and some of them were just gun carrying in uniform (laughs) yeah it was like families a couple people in uniform and then a lot of people with visible weapons carrying (laughs) guns so Holy uh, so I was like, maybe I've just got the wrong place. Who knows? Maybe this is an elk yeah. club. Who knows? And then I see some of the other performers and they're like, oh yeah, come on back here. And there, and it's like six or seven. I'm the only female performer, which is fine. That's totally normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, so it's like six, seven dudes and they're getting super wasted and super high because that's what you do before you perform. You get super yeah. fucked up and that's fine. I'm that's not me, but it's fine. Uh, yeah. and it's not fine, but please continue. <laughs> it's fine if that's what you want. You yeah, know? Like, no, I, 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 I tend to disagree. I'm sorry, I don't usually do this with my guests, but those <laughs> you, you can do comedy, not fucked up kids. <laughs> you fucking assholes came out tonight. You, you I think can, you're a bunch of fucking busy. You can see why I don't put up with this, Angela, because Gary gets drunk really easily. He's having an Irish coffee right now. <laughs> that's yeah. Gary, always fucked up. 
Yeah, <laughs> you son of a bitch. Christy. Just Gary, Gary, please let our guest continue. <laughs> I just weep. I always love turn your guy, mic off. A guy weeping. Sorry. I love that your weeping sounded like somebody throwing like a coin at a metal <laughs> plate. <laughs> like, ping, ping. That was a, that was an exact. You got a professional noisemaker here, Gary. Let's not play stump the. Be noise musician, okay? I I, have, I had an ex girl from the crowd like that, and it's my go-to. I swear to God, she cried. She cried like piano strings splitting. <laughs> okay, sorry. That's very sad. So everyone's getting <laughs> fucked up backstage. So they're getting fucked up backstage, and whatever. Uh, yeah. I you know we sit around, whatever. Fine. Mm-hmm. I am someone I like to really watch the show mm-hmm. uh, because it helps me do a better job of like connecting to people. I'm, I do better comedy when I really connect with everybody in the room. Yes, so you're being a professional, the, uh, Angela. Whatever, you can call it professional <laughs> yeah. or I'm just loading, That's what I call it. loading yes. the bases in my favor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever it is. Uh, but so I'm watching the audience and watching the show and freaking out a little bit because I don't have a lot in common with the people there, but whatever. Uh, uh-huh. They're still human beings. It's yeah. my job to figure that out, not theirs. Right. So the first performer goes on and the second performer goes on. I'm third. And the first two performers just like yell slurs <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and I like, here's the thing. I... I know whenever anybody says this out loud, they're like, I like dark stuff. Uh, part of my brain always says back, like, no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm sure you think you do. I sure, I'm sure you think you're really fucking cool, but you don't know dark. I know dark. You know, like, you're not killing yourself right this instant. So what do mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but I, I do, I like things that are fucked up and I like a lot of comics that are considered edgy or whatever. Uh but I do think that even like my favorite laugh is the laugh that sounds like your soul just coughed out like a thousand Newports. Just that really cool. like <laughs> <laughs> I love that's my favorite thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like a but, rumbly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, uh, the grandma who smoked too much that mm-hmm. laugh. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, even a, a a thing that gets that laugh has a turn of some kind. It mm-hmm. might be a very dark one, but it has one. And this was not something that had a turn. This was just straight, like boring, evil racism. Right. <laughs> just straight served. Were they and also cops, the first two performers? Maybe they will be someday when they get their <laughs> yeah. shit together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was very. They get off the so, drugs. So I'm a little horrified. Mm-hmm. But I'm there to do my thing and try my best. So I get on stage. And the person who brought me up uh, was p- being perfectly nice. They did a no- totally normal thing. Uh, they didn't know anything to say about me. So they just said the small town that no one in the room would know that I happen to be from. <laughs> they were yeah. like, this person's from Jamaica Plain. And nobody knows what that means. Yeah. And that's a thing that happens all the time. And so I had my Jamaica plane joke ready to explain to everybody what it was about. And it was just a throwaway thing that I would say at the beginning. And I was like, oh, uh, Jamaica plane is a place where a lot of brown people used to live. And now it's a place where you can sit on the bus next to somebody who has a microbrewery inside their own thermos. Just a simple <laughs> place, you know? Yeah. And Great it explains Accurate. the place. <laughs> 
very accurate. Uh, and I said that, and when I said the words brown people, the room exploded in laughter. And I was like, that is not how this should have gone. Oh, no. <laughs> That's very unfortunate that you guys think that the premise was funny. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I did the best I could. Uh, it yeah. was a set full of like shoveling uphill. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it was a set where people wanted me to explain why I wear glasses. It was a tough one. Uh, but I did what I could. I got out of there and I was like, okay, I made it through that and that's fine. And it wasn't like, a, you know, nobody was like, oh my God, what happened there or anything like that. It was totally yeah. average set. And then the show got worse. <laughs> uh, the oh, people boy. who went on after me, it turns out, like, it turns out that the beginning of the bill was just a setup for a worse version of the same thing. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and... After a couple more comics, I was like, I need a break. I need mm -hmm. to just not be in this room for 10 seconds. So I walked, uh, I just found a door and walked out of it and was like, yeah. I'll just be outside for a little bit. It'll be cold. It'll be fine. I walk outside of it and there's a dude who is somewhere else on the bill out there smoking cigarettes. Fine. I, I don't smoke. So I'm just standing there awkwardly next to someone who is smoking. <laughs> and eventually... He was like, can't wait for the headliner tonight. It's going to be really great. This guy is so great. I love him so much. He's going to, he's just going to tear this room to pieces. It's going to be so cool. He's so good. He's so good. And I was like, great. That's lovely to hear, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and as we're talking, the headliner starts doing his set. And so I can, he we've got the door cracked open and I can hear what he's saying and his big closer is i don't want to give away who it is because it's very i'm That's, being very judgmental yeah but his big closer is about stuffing different kinds of food into a butt and the physical repercussions of that and that's a, not the worst topic in the world and if you want to make that racist go ahead you know oh <laughs> like, wow you gotta figure out how to do that fine yeah <laughs> so he's he's going for it and uh, we're hearing it and the crowd loves him. Everything is going great according to everyone else who's there. And uh -huh. finally, the guy next to me, as he puts out a cigarette, he's like, man, pretty soon, this guy is going to move to New York City and he's going to blow that place sky high. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, you know what? He might. He might. <laughs> that is... <laughs> And then I drove a couple hours home. <laughs> Very sad. Was it, were you, I, my question, I, I hope is not offensive. Why did you stay? And I'm guessing, I think the answer is they held your money hostage. No, I, here's the really charming part about that. I didn't get paid for that show. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, basically I stayed because I stay because like, even if it's a terrible night, I'm there to be there and mm -hmm. to be, you know, and like to go at the end, they were like, let's all take a photo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we want to document I, I want to remember this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've also found that it's really hard to walk outside of a Stephen King short story. <laughs> uh, once fair. you're in it, the author has to let, write you out. <laughs> and that's, I don't know. Maybe that's just a thing that is wrong with me, but I 
Uh, I'm willing to see things through to their natural, terrible conclusions. I appreciate that. I guess that leads to my question, which is, has there ever been a show that you have said no to or left on before you performed? Read my mind. Uh, Maybe once or twice if I was like physically ill, like if I literally could not say words and stand up, then I would. But otherwise, I will I will hang for whatever the hell is going to happen. So you're and like, if someone g- emails you or gets in touch with you and they're just, just like... Just always, yeah. Wow, that's great. You really great. have to push it. You really yeah. have to push it. Occasionally, somebody will like, like, you know, a person will do a shitty thing to another person and you have to be like, look, I can't do that anymore. Yeah. Or like, you know, something will... People get in trouble for this or that. And you're like, okay, we can't right. involve ourselves or whatever. But uh, if it's just like, especially if I don't know what I'm getting into, I will find out. <laughs> and <laughs> I think that's, I, I think I'm just like that in general. That's why I've had yeah. the many terrible jobs that I've had. <laughs> you know, like that's what's wrong with me in the first place. So it works. I don't think that's, I don't, I wouldn't say that that's a, like a thing that's wrong. I, I find this you're the first person that we've talked to who has this sort of philosophy, I guess, if you could call it that. And I, I'm, I mean, this blows me away because I have this like weird thing where I've, I've heard comedians before, like professional people who are doing pretty well, who like headline and stuff say amazingly shitty things about just crowds in general, like mm-hmm. people who have paid to see them certainly. But like, you know, I, I, like, I've heard people say, I hate, I just hate, fucking hate people, man, or whatever. Maybe they don't say it like that. They're not from like the seventies or whatever. They're but not like wrong. But yeah, right. They're not wrong. I don't really. I'm not a fan of like large groups of people. But I. But as a stand up, I really look forward to performing in front of people, much like yourself. I've always had this sort of like, let's do every show. Let's go to as many places as we can. I mean, that's changed a lot since I've moved to Los Angeles, um, sure. because you do I too mean, many of those point, shows. And at some point, you. you learn like oh i'm gonna Mm -hmm. get this or that return but there's always a point at which you just don't know what the return will be and if that's Mm -hmm. true then i'm in 100 percent. that's amazing i say kudos i don't think there's anything wrong at all with that i think that more people should be taking a page out of your book there's i appreciate that i commend you such wisdom from angela who i have learned a lot from as a as a person as a music musical uh, connoisseur as a, a fellow comedian uh i i just remember there was uh the midway in in jamaica plain when we could do uh live shows uh back before i moved and it was always on a late sunday night it's a dingy little dive bar poor lighting and it's like you don't need much you just and it's mostly <laughs> comics and we would all go up and you always like you know kind of police the 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 parade of crazy that would follow in because there would be you know the same old people but the people who are like i just found this place and i can't wait to Mm. go up there and just tell everybody how much i hate them (laughs) and and you you would just have to sit next to the stage like kind of like a lion tamer i would watch you and you you'd have like your phone and you give them the light and then you would like you know kind of ease them on and you would never i don't think you ever took shots at people unless like you had to reset the room (laughs) what restraint (laughs) what what, i think you're you're confusing restraint and total indifference (laughs) (laughs) 
That's that's the best. That's funny. Uh, I basically I uh, I still do this at the the Zoom version of this mic. I'll let anyone on and I won't stop them. <laughs> they can, that's great. They can pay for their own mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in a lot of ways, that's helped me become a stronger performer because having to go after every single one of those people, you have to find some way of being like, okay, we are still here in this room together <laughs> and have it not be a horrendous time for everyone. And, you know, definitely there's been times where people are uh, offended or insulted and you need to. Uh, make them feel like they're still a person. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and all of those things make it easier to do comedy. Like some dude who, like there's there's plenty of people who, there's plenty of hecklers in the world. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and most of them are actually just trying to help you do mm-hmm. your set. And that's fine. I will let them try to help. Sometimes they help. <laughs> uh, there's, <laughs> there's always that breed, like there's this breed of drunk person who, uh like when they get drunk the voice of a person who lives under a bridge just naturally comes out of them (laughs) (laughs) and that person is there always to tell you that you are beautiful and that is what they say they say you're beautiful and that is (laughs) i'm here to take that compliment you know (laughs) so Uh, they say that to you but to me they're trying to (laughs) sell me some kind of treasure yeah yeah (laughs) yeah that's what comes next after the you're beautiful is (laughs) do i want to see what's underneath something (laughs) (laughs) so i mean that kind of stuff it just um that's basically the same situation and you it just helps you figure it all out yeah right keep it positive pick up the pieces can you remember anything distinct about any of those shows? Something that stuck with you? Maybe like either a crazy heckler that had to be like led out. So maybe a heckler who's really funny or maybe an act that was just too over the top. There's <clears throat> there's a couple of famous Midway performers whose acts were too over the top. Okay. Uh, they've become part of the lore. Right. Uh, there's definitely like there's people who fall asleep there pretty frequently. That's oh. always fun. Uh, when you're when the silence of a joke not landing is interrupted by someone's snore. Oh, <laughs> classic. Uh, there's a person. There's a person who uh, showed up with a big duffel bag, and uh, oh, no. <laughs> just like too large of a duffel bag. It didn't seem like it had anything weird in it. Just uh-huh. too big. And whatever they asked to go on, they were very tense. And I was like, sure, whatever, do your thing. People are tense sometimes. So Mm -hmm. they got on stage and they uh, dumped the contents of the duffel bag out, which turned out to be all cassette tapes, nothing but cassette tapes, like hundreds of them, dumped out hundreds of cassette tapes and started trying to go through each cassette tape. And we were immediately like, that's too many cassettes. You have a 30 (laughs) minute set that you've got there. You cannot do them all. And uh, so then they were like, oh, I can't do that. Uh, So then they started trying to put a chair on top of the cassette tapes and balance on the chair. And while they were trying to do that, which was, of course, impossible, they started stripping their clothes off. And it turns out they were wearing a cape under their clothes. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I never would have guessed. (laughs) So they're trying to do all these things at once. 
And it looked like they were going to get injured because the stage is high enough and there are tables in front and clearly <laughs> the chair and geometry weren't going to work together. Uh-huh. So uh, we had to kind of run on stage and be like, hey, you can't, you like, you, you really can't do that. Like you're going to hurt yourself or somebody else mm-hmm. or whatever. And of course, whenever you stop someone mid set, they don't just leave. <laughs> and, if, <laughs> and if you stop that person mid set, they don't get embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, That's not what they're there for. So, uh, so they just kept trying to do their set as we were literally carrying them away. <laughs> and then, <laughs> wow. and then we had to kind of make uh, comedy happened for the next 20 or so minutes while somebody put each cassette back into the duffel and bag. And that's not quiet. <laughs> and they gave it back to them. They, But, you know, no one was irreparably damaged during no. that set. No. There's, and, uh, and at least they kept it clean. Yeah, it was pretty, it was relatively, they weren't happy, but like <laughs> nobody was hurt, you there, know. There, I almost guarantee you that person left there and went they're gonna be talking about me for a long time oh yeah they were very proud of themselves absolutely uh Uh, there was a a woman who took a pregnancy test on stage (laughs) my word she went off stage and peed into a cup not did not mention this to anyone Mm -hmm. (laughs) went on stage like people bring glasses of liquid or whatever on stage all the Mm -hmm. time so nobody thought anything of that so yeah. she went on stage and she's holding a, cu- a clear glass of her own pee. Mm-hmm. And then she whips out a pregnancy test <laughs> and puts it in the glass. And she's like, my set is over when we get the test results. <laughs> <laughs> God. That's bold. That's awesome. And uh, I don't know what she uh, continued to come to the midway for a long time after that, <laughs> which is kind of the most amazing part. <laughs> I take it you don't out, remember the results. Uh, she insists that the results were positive, but no, like the child was us. No, <laughs> no forthcoming thing took place as far as I know. Uh-huh. Uh, so who knows what the story was there? Maybe it was a magic act and I just like that's wild. It. But yeah, people have ideas and they really want to execute them. So uh, in, in that environment, chaos is your pal. You might mm-hmm. as well let them roll. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I'm, I'm a big believer in that. It's, uh, I think, you know, I think you, you're the guest that might be, might align most with my ideals. Oh, and well, thank like, you. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if, I mean, you know, it's nice that that means something to you. <laughs> but, but I think it's, I everyone else, like, it's so interesting because I delight in the bombs. I delight in the chaos. I, I really love that. Like, I feel like, um, you know, that, there's a Japanese saying I won't try to say, but it's sort of like, you know, it's like it's live once, you know, like things happen one time live. And I've always believed in that. It's like, we're all living right now. Like if something crazy happens, we're all better off for it. Um, that being said, I, I, I don't, I can't remember ever performing at the Midway. I remember seeing shows there. I remember hanging out after the show there. Um, I remember the drag shows that they used to have there. If yeah, they still they've do. Been still, they still do those. Yeah. Well, that's great. Um, you know, if you're in the New England area, you're listening. When this is over, you got to get down to the Midway. There obviously, a lot of interesting, wild, wild things are happening. You got to get down there and uh, participate. 
because uh, this sounds really fun. Like I would definitely remember something like that forever. We always uh, have a good time. Sorry, I'm getting a little feedback on uh, my background noise. Chris, uh, would you ask the, uh, the the last question? Just so I don't Oh yeah. So what we like to do, <laughs> Gary and I both um, really enjoy this uh, sort of little. It's sort of an improv game. What we do is we ask of our guests to uh, uh, play the part of the booker. So um, like if you were to book yourself or anyone on a show, I'd, I'd just say, we'll make it you. Um, we just look for somebody to book, try to book themselves on like the worst show that they can think of. Um, so you're playing the part of the booker and you will. Okay. Yeah, just go for it whenever you're ready. Uh, hi, uh, very nice to uh, bump into you. Thank you for sending me your uh, videotape. Uh, I did not watch the whole 35 minutes, um, and it took me a while to find a VCR to put a physical videotape into, but thank you for sending it. Um, so I understand that you are interested. Uh, you, uh, you live in uh, another part of the country from the place where the show is, so you will need to arrive in this part of the country to start with. Uh, and then once you have... <laughs> The show will begin uh, at approximately 2.15 a.m. It's in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, it's in, so it used to be someone's apartment, but it's actually uh, just an abandoned building now. And during the day, the building is, uh, uh, what is there's a lot of, uh, it's a sex dungeon. There's a lot of like paraphernalia on the walls. Uh, <laughs> There's a the stage in the middle of the stage has a big chain that's attached to the ceiling, uh, but we do have um, uh, I have a stereo that I've plugged a microphone into that we use as a PA, uh, so you will be able to be heard, and um, uh, you can use any of the drugs that you buy from the audience members before the show begins, uh, whether it's during your set or take them home with you. That's fine. Um, we do request that you stay to the end of the show, which is roughly 4.35 in the morning, at which time there is no, uh, the, there's no way to leave. There's no public transportation. And also the junkyard that surrounds the building is locked at that point with a guard dog. So you won't be able to take off right away. We recommend, however, that you do not sleep on the one couch in the room where the performance happens because a lot of other things have happened on that couch already. <laughs> that's, so, that's... Uh, there's no money involved. Uh, we do pass the hat, uh, but we keep all of it. So uh, just let me know uh, if you're available on the alternate third Thursday of every month. So that's the third Thursday once every other month anytime and i'll get you on <laughs> i love the the encore that's, too perfect that's perfect one of the best ones i think that's an email yeah, that's of sense yeah so good <laughs> um i'd be Angela. like junkyard uh so we should uh plug your your website it is i love call runner yeah call runner he's Carl a runner He's a it's, Catholic theologian that no one has heard of. <laughs> I thought it was Carl Reiner, but uh, no, <laughs> no. Okay, so that is spelled I L U V K A R L R A H N E R dot com. I love Carl Reiner. 
And Angela has a show at the Comedy Studio as well as uh, on Zoom, the the Midway show, open mic, free to everybody, anybody. Yeah, check that out. On Sundays. And the Comedy (laughs) Studio is uh, Wednesdays? Wednesdays at uh, 8. Check out that Midway show. You might find out you're a dad. (laughs) Or, or or, you know. You could find your dad or you could be one. (laughs) Exactly. Angela. Thanks for joining us, Angela. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys very much for having me. I really appreciate hanging out with you. 